I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. You wouldn't expect Missouri to be a destination for Micronesian immigrants from the islands of the Pacific Ocean, now would you? But they are there, and their story is in sharp contrast to the legal struggles faced by other migrants. Anna Boyko Wyrock reports from southwestern Missouri. Hang around here long enough, and you're bound to meet someone named Ree Hobson. It's a family name in a certain remote country, and in parts of rural Missouri. For the past 18 years, Lou Ree Hobson has lived in Missouri, in the rural town of Goodman. I get a lot of that, Missouri? We like it here. <laughs> She's originally from the western Pacific island of Pingalop in Micronesia. The island is so small, you can walk across it in an afternoon. Very white sand, blue ocean, palm trees everywhere. But the country's economy is weak. I think we have a better life here. I was working at a bank, but I was making $1.95 an hour. Rehobson wanted to move up. It was 1995, and by then, her aunt and brother had already migrated to Missouri. Rehobson realized the state had a lot to offer. The cost of living was so low. We live in a nice quiet, small community. The school system is good. Jobs are pretty easy to find, and they pay better. Like many Micronesians here, one person came for school or work, and then another followed, and another. A good part of the migration is thanks to a treaty signed between the U.S., Micronesia, and other Pacific Island states in 1986. It gave the U.S. access to the area's strategic ocean territory, In exchange, Pacific Islanders were allowed to live and work in the U.S. No visa required. Okay, Rehobson says there was some paperwork, one form handed out on the plane. Then we fill it out and then they staple it to our passports. It doesn't have an expiration date on it. So now, tens of thousands of Micronesians call the U.S. home. Hawaii has long been a popular spot to settle. In the last five years, though, more have headed to the mainland, according to researchers. Oregon is a hub, and so is Missouri, with four or 5,000 Micronesian migrants here. Recently, members of the First Micronesian Church of Christ assembled at dusk. The women wore long white dresses and headbands adorned with foam flowers and fake gems. They lined up by a fire pit and threw in small sticks symbolizing sin, an Easter tradition. Events like this draw hundreds of Micronesians, many related to each other. They live scattered throughout this corner of Missouri, in the foothills of the Ozarks. Ekarine Handy is a church elder. She once dreamed of returning to Micronesia, but now, with four kids, the family is rooted here. My dream was to come here, get an education, and go get a better job. But then... It changed. (laughs) Now I'm only living through my kids. I'm going to try my best to raise them in a good way and then try my best to save up for their education. This community has pulled through hard times. In 2007, a Micronesian man opened fire inside the church. He killed three people, including Rehobson's brother and uncle. It was national news. Rehobson still has the sympathy cards that poured in from across the country. I have a binder this this thick. So that's like three, four inches? Yeah, yeah. I think it brought everybody closer. The close community is key to making Missouri home. Like her first day here, 
Rehobson remembers how her family picked her up at the airport and brought her to a cookout. They were barbecuing chicken and steak and hot dog. And, and then we have this dish that's called pilolo. It's grated tapioca, coconut milk, sugar, and ripe banana. And then you bake it. It's one of our um, signature dish. But that was the day that I was like, wow, this is home. With the cheap living costs, entry-level jobs, and a close community, the question isn't, why are Micronesians in landlocked Missouri? Rather, why would they ever leave? For The World, I'm Anna Boykowirak in Neosho, Missouri.